you have children, kindergarten through third grade, they can dismiss out the back uh, with Melody for Children's Church. If you're not in kindergarten through third grade, you're stuck with me, but we're glad that you are here today. So welcome to Living Hope Church. Uh, Welcome to those of you uh, joining us online. Today we are in week three of our four-part series in which we are looking uh, at our core values of who we are as a church. These are the four words that greet you when you walk into our doors or pick up anything with our logo on it. These four words are serve, share, strengthen, and send. What we have seen as we have studied the first two words is there is a corporate but also a familial and individual element of each of these values, and that will be no different today. So two weeks ago, we looked at the value of servanthood and how important it is to be a church that corporately but also individually loves and serves our community. We don't just love and serve those that are like us, but we love and serve all those that God has brought into our lives. In Matthew 20, 28, Jesus tells us that he came not to be served, but he came to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. If Jesus came to serve and give his life for others, then we believe that is the same call that he has put on our lives as followers and as his church. Then last week we saw that our love and service uh, provides a foundation, the platform for us to share the gospel, the hope of Jesus. In Romans, Paul says it is only through hearing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that people will believe. And Paul asks, how can they hear if someone does not go and share that hope with them? As followers of Jesus, we are, God's, uh, we are God's plan to proclaim, to share his good news of forgiveness, of love, of eternal life with the world around us. We must be willing and faithful proclaimers of the good news of Jesus if we want our friends, family, and community to know him. We talked about our call to pray for those that we love, to invite them to church to learn about Jesus, to share our story of faith with them. And then ultimately, we talked about how do we share the good news of Jesus with our friends, family, and community. And then we ended kind of with a challenge, with a question. And that question was, do we really care about the eternity of those around us? And if we do care, will we faithfully and boldly proclaim when God opens the door for us to share? Jesus is the hope of our friends and family. And we, as his followers, the ones called to share that hope with them. And that brings us to our third value, which is the word strengthen. And I think this is the value that we most associate with church. There are many that believe that the church exists just to strengthen my faith and to increase my biblical knowledge. And while that is an element of why the church exists, we believe it exists for so much more than just the transfer of intellectual knowledge. We believe the church exists to point you in the world to Jesus, and we believe that Jesus and the Bible will not just increase your knowledge but it should be transforming your life. Last week in small group, we studied uh, Romans 1 together. And in that, Paul says that the gospel, faith in Jesus, will lead to obedience, to transformation in him. So as a church, we don't just desire to strengthen your knowledge, but we desire to partner with you uh, and with the Holy Spirit to see the knowledge applied in your life transformed. And so today, we're going to look at this word strengthen and how it is that we as a church desire to assist you in strengthening your relationship with Jesus but also how we desire to equip you to learn and apply the Bible in your everyday life, not just when we are corporately gathered. And then we're going to close by looking at the purpose of growing, the purpose of being strengthened, and what we are being equipped for in Christ. So we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verses 1 through 17, if you'd like to head that direction. Starting in verse 1, Paul writes this. He says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. 
People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. He says, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their ways into homes and gain control over gullible women, who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds, who as far as the faith is concerned are rejected, but they will not get very far, because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you... Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for these words of Paul. Lord, we thank you for the instruction that they give us. God, I pray that as we study these words, that you would um, that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us. Lord, that you would reveal those areas where you are calling us to change and to trust you. That you would reveal those areas where we you are calling us to deeper faith in you. And God, that you would uh, reveal those areas where we are being strengthened and where you are calling us to grow uh, all the more. Lord, pray that we would be people that are not just hearers of the word, but we are doers of the word. That we are strengthened, that we are being transformed by your word, for your good works. Lord, I, I just pray that you would uh, help me to have your words today, Lord, and that you would open our hearts and our minds to what you have for us. God, we love you, and we praise you, and it's your name we pray. Amen. So Paul begins this passage uh, by describing the world and the values the world lives by. It's quite a description. He says, peoples will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, that's some lovely uh, people that Paul describes here. And when you look at this list, it's a reminder that sin has been a part of this world for a long time. I think we all like to believe that our world is more difficult to live for Jesus in than ever before. But the reality is the world has been full of sin and problems from the beginning, and it has never been easy. I think for me, I find some confidence in it, a little bit of comfort in that. People have been living for Jesus in hostile environments for 2,000 years. This isn't unique to us today. And we can know that God can and will be faithful even in hostile environments if we choose to follow him. It's possible to live for Jesus in 2021 because it's been hard for 2,000 years and he has always been faithful. God calls us to live for him, to put him first even in a hostile world. 
in all these sins, we see that the nature of the world is to live for self. But as we've talked about, we are called to live for God, to treasure him above all else, and to put others before ourselves. But then there's this interesting statement in verse 5. Paul says, these people have a form of godliness, but deny its power. He says, have nothing to do with such people. Paul says that there will be a people with a form of godliness, meaning they will talk like they are followers of God. They may even show up to church on Sunday mornings, but they don't truly believe in God's power and live their lives. But then they leave and they live their lives, their week, just like everyone else in the world. These people talk the talk, but their lives are filled with sin, selfishness, and look just like the world. Paul says, have nothing to do with such people. In fact, in this passage, Paul is not talking about just the world here, but he's talking about these people who claim to be followers of Jesus, but live just like the rest of the world. People that talk about Jesus, go through the motions, but don't believe and don't act like followers of Jesus. Now, nobody is perfect, I think, but I think we, we all know the people that Paul is talking about. He's not talking about a follower of Jesus that is growing in their faith, that is trying to apply the Bible, but still has ups and downs. He's talking about that person who isn't a genuine follower of Jesus, but who instead uses their knowledge of God, uses their religious acts for some sort of personal gain. Sometimes it's those people that are, that are most boastful in their faith, that are the loudest on a Sunday morning, but everyone knows they leave, and they leave in arrogance and live just like or worse than the rest of the world. These are the people Paul says don't hang around. They're going to bring you down with them. So how do we live in this world as sinful and messed up as it is, but not become like these hypocrites who know of God, yet don't follow him and live in godlessness? And we're going to discover that answer as Paul continues to instruct, but I want to give us our first point today, and that is that we, like Timothy, who Paul is writing to, we are strengthened to stand and to be a light in a dark world. We want to better know God as our Lord and Savior so that we can be transformed to his pattern of life as opposed to that of the world. And it has to be more than just intellectual knowledge where we learn facts about God on Sundays but live like hypocrites the rest of the week. We have to be transformed and apply the truths we learn from the Bible to our everyday lives and our everyday situations of life. We can't just live with intellectual knowledge while denying God the opportunity to use his power to strengthen us. So strengthen doesn't just mean intellectual ascent. But we are strengthened. It means transformation through the Holy Spirit and applications of the truths we know about God to our daily lives. Paul says here, you can have a lot of knowledge about God, but not live any of it out or trust God in any way. In Romans 12, 2, Paul writes, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So throughout this, we're going to talk about some of the opportunities that we have as a, as a church to be strengthened. And one of the key opportunities that we as a church uh, have uh, each week is when we gather together on Sunday mornings. When we gather, it's an opportunity to renew your mind and reorient your life around the truth of the Bible and who Jesus is. And this pattern of regularly gathering and regularly reorient your life around the scriptures is critical to living as Christ has called us to live. Hebrews 10 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So when we gather together, we are afforded the opportunity to encourage one another, to remind, uh, to be reminded of who God is and his faithfulness. And in that, we are sent back encouraged, uh, reoriented around God and equipped to face the next week in the world. 
God is a God of order. We see that in the Bible. And he has created this weekly opportunity for us to be encouraged, strengthened, and refilled in the faith for the week that lies ahead. And I, I know that things are difficult right now. Things are crazy. I know it's hard to get to church on Sunday mornings. But we're reminded that it is important for our faith, for our growth, for our encouragement to come and to be with God's people, to worship and to sing together, and to be reminded of who God is, and more importantly, who we are in Him, or as importantly, who we are in Him. If we want to live as lights in this world, then we must make time to be refueled, to be recharged, to be encouraged, and to be reminded of God's faithfulness. I mean, you think about a flashlight with dead batteries is overtaken by the darkness. But a flashlight with fresh batteries shines brightly in the darkness. In the same way, if we want to shine brightly in this world and point people to Jesus, then we must prioritize our faith and our relationship with him. So one of the goals of the church is to gather, to study, and to be strengthened so that we can go out into the sinful and dark world and stand and live as Jesus has called us to live. We are not called to spend all of our time at church or with Christian friends and never enter back into the world. But instead, we are strengthened and recharged in who we are in God. And then we go back out to the world equipped and encouraged, trusting God's power to help us be a light to the dark world around us. And we do this. We talked about this in the first week. We, we shine by loving others, by valuing others, by serving others, and just living the way God has called us to live. You read that description of how the world lives in those first uh, five verses. If you live how God calls you to live, you are going to look different. You are going to shine as you apply the Bible to your life. So we are strengthened to stand in a dark world, but also to shine for Christ in a dark world. We're going to touch on that again at the end of the sermon and, and most of next week. But the next thing I want us to see is that our strengthening, our growing in Jesus must be founded in the Bible. And the Bible must become the foundation of our lives. Paul says to Timothy, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know uh, those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Paul says it's the Bible that has the power for salvation and the power to equip us to live godly lives and to equip us for the mission and purpose he has called us to. We are equipped to stand and shine for Christ in a dark world by the Bible. So our next point is we are strengthened with the Bible as our foundation. The Bible must always be the foundation of what we are learning. We as a church try to have the Bible be the foundation of everything we do, whether it be Sunday morning, small group, kids night, VBS, youth group, whatever it is. We believe that it is the Bible that transforms us. Not gimmicks, not emotional manipulation or programs, but it's the Bible that Paul tells us transforms our lives. One of the other goals of the church is to equip you to read the Bible on your own. If it's the Bible that has the power to transform, then it needs to be something that we are digging into more than once or twice a week. It needs to be something that becomes a part of our everyday lives. In small groups and on Sunday mornings, we try to study the Bible in a way that you can replicate on your own as you read it and apply it to your life. Don't be intimidated by reading the Bible on your own, but instead set aside a time, make a plan, and try to regularly make it a part of your life. If you miss a day, that's fine. Try again the next day. But we wholeheartedly believe that the Bible has the power to transform and change our lives. Last week, when we looked at the importance of sharing. We looked at Romans 10, 1 through 15. 
If you continue two verses farther, Paul again emphasizes the importance of sharing and the importance of sharing the Bible, the word about who Jesus is. In Romans 10, 20, uh, 10 17, Paul writes, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. It's the word of God that has the power for salvation and the power to transform our lives. It's the word of God that has answers to our struggles, to our temptations and the trials we face in this world. It's the word of God that teaches us of an all-knowing, all-powerful God that loves us individually, cares for us, has a plan for us, and that is sovereign over our life. The Bible must be the, the center of all we do as a church, the center of our families and the center of our lives. But it's not just enough to hear the Bible, but we also must take steps to apply the Bible to our personal lives. And we do our best not to just transfer information on Sunday mornings and in small groups, but to help you process and apply the Bible to your life. James 1, 22-24 reads, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at, the, at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. It's not enough to know what is right, but then go on living however you want. I love that. Do what it says. The call and encouragement of James and Paul and Romans is that the Bible, the gospel, your relationship with Jesus should be transforming your life. It should be changing the way you see and interact with the world. It should be transforming your heart, your love for God, and your love for people. God's desire is to transform how you think, how you act. And how you love. The Bible should transform every element of your life. So our end goal as a church strengthening believers is not that you memorize the books of the Bible so you can pass a test at the end of your life. But our goal is that the scripture would transform your life. And cause you to fall more in love with Jesus. So that you trust him more. And find your purpose first and foremost in him. If we just hear and don't apply the scriptures then it is in vain. And we leave like the hypocrites who know of God, but don't live for him. So as you think about your life, are you allowing the scriptures to transform your life? We see the warning in verses 6 through 7, as Paul describes those who go through the motions of faith, yet are never transformed. He says they are the kind who worm their way into, worm their way into homes, who are loaded down with sins, are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, who are always learning. But they are never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Paul says, be warned when we know the words, but we don't apply them. We are swayed when we do that from side to side by evil desires. Because our lives are not rooted in what we know. It's not enough to hear the word of God, to show up on Sunday mornings. But instead, we must apply the Bible to our lives, or we miss it. The warning is there are people who attend every Bible study, who never miss a Sunday who are at church every opportunity there is, who have more knowledge, but yet they never apply it. It never becomes a part of their life. And Paul says they never come to a knowledge of the truth. With that, do, do we have knowledge of who Jesus is? Or do we know him? Do we have a relationship with him? Are we growing in him? Do you know what the right things to do are? Or are you living them out? And so for some of us, we may need to start reading our Bible. We need to pick a Bible uh, reading plan and just start reading and applying it to our lives. Some of us, we might need to slow down and we might just need to meditate on the scriptures and let them transform our thinking. 
Some of us may need to start coming to a small group so we can have some accountability and learn how to read the scriptures for ourselves. Wherever the Lord has you today, take a step towards him by reading his word and applying it to your life. The goal of the church is not just intellectual transmission, but it's heart transformation. As we learn who Jesus is, as we better understand his sacrifice and our forgiveness, as we fall in love with Jesus more, as we learn who we are in him, our strengthening in Jesus should result in heart change, lifestyle change. It should cause us to shine like lights in a dark world. And it should, out of gratitude, motivate us to join the mission of making him known. If those things aren't happening in your life, then you have to evaluate where you are if, if you have truly put your faith in him and are following him with your life. So at this point, I just want to simply, we're going to share, I think it's on your worship uh, notes, but share with you a few different ways that we as a church try and strengthen you and your faith and your relationship with Jesus. And the first one is we talked about it earlier, but, but Sunday mornings are a wonderful opportunity for you to gather, to be uh, encouraged by brothers and sisters in faith, to worship together and study the word. This is a great chance to invest in your relationship with Jesus, making him a part of your weekly routine, to grow in your faith. And as we said last week, this is a fairly non-threatening place to, hopefully, to invite your friends and family members to come and be introduced to Jesus as well. It's our commitment to make this a welcoming place to worship with music and songs that are biblically, biblically accurate and draw us deep in our walk with Jesus. And then to preach the word without manipulation or agenda, but just to preach the word and seek to apply it in our lives as God transforms us. So Sunday mornings, we talk about it a lot, but that's a op weekly opportunity to be strengthened, to be encouraged, to connect with fellow believers, to be filled up, and then to be sent back out as witnesses to the world. Another weekly opportunity to be strengthened, encouraged, sent, and to grow in your faith is through small groups. Uh, every Sunday evening from 6 to 7, we get together and we study a passage of Scripture that relates to that day's message. Uh, and during that time, we simply read the Bible together, observe the passage together, and then apply what we read to our lives. Now, that may sound super simple, and it really is super simple, but every week I know I learn something new and am challenged in a new way to live out my faith. Simple, practical Bible study that leads to life change is better than a study with a lot of head knowledge that doesn't affect your life. So small group is an opportunity to study the Bible with people who are trying to navigate this life and apply the Bible just like you are. It's also an opportunity to support one another in life and to pray for one another. And while small group is going on, there's also an opportunity for your children to come and study the Bible as well. So if you have questions about small group, please come and talk with me. Or better yet, just come and join us one Sunday evening as we study and apply the word together. Another way we can grow and be strengthened through the church is by serving together. I mentioned it earlier, but this past week we looked at Romans 1 in small group. And in this letter to the church in Rome, Paul is expressing his desire to come and visit them. And in that, he acknowledges not only does he have things to teach them, but that in serving alongside them, he knows that they will encourage and strengthen him as well. When we serve at church and serve together, our faith is strengthened. As we serve and seemingly do so for the benefit of others, our faith is strengthened. Our perspective is adjusted as we invest in others. Our heart is encouraged as we get to join in the faith journey of somebody else. So we have so many uh, wonderful opportunities for you to plug in and get involved and to serve here at Living Hope. You can get involved and serve on the worship team and use your gifts and talents to help lead our church to praise and worship our God. You can get involved uh, with preschool, children's, or youth ministry and begin investing in the next generation. We would love to uh, just form a team of greeters that meet people every Sunday morning with a smile, a good morning, and some sermon notes. 
a group of people that can help visitors get to where they need to be. This would just simply require you to be on time, be committed the weeks you had signed up, and to smile as people uh, come in the door. You can be that first smile that connects them to church and to God. We have people that, that faithfully clean our building each week and do so as a way to honor God, serve you, and prepare our facilities for people to learn about God. In, this, in the uh, summer, especially, we have a lot of uh, short-term opportunities to serve at BBS, at camps, uh, and different mission opportunities. So if you feel the tug to serve at church, and you don't know how or where God is calling you to serve, come and talk with me or Melody, and we would love to get you connected. But as you serve, your faith is stretched and strengthened. God uses our service to reorient our lives around Him and others as opposed to ourselves. Serving requires us to adjust our schedule from me to others. It allows us to sharpen our gifts and use them for others. Serving allows us to see more deeply how God is moving and working. Serving strengthens our relationships and our friendships. Dr. Orge spoke about this three or four weeks ago. Uh, but I, I know in my life, so many of my best friends in this world are those that I served and sacrificed alongside. Church and our faith isn't intended to be a, just a consumeristic event where we sit and consume. But church is intended to be a place where we serve together, where we strengthen one another, where we encourage one another, and we invest together for the glory of God and His kingdom. Uh, another tool, uh, the quick tool that we have as a church uh, that we have purchased and we have afford, uh, that affords you the opportunity to learn and engage in Bible studies and Bible-centered entertainment is uh, through Right Now Media. The church has purchased a subscription to Right Now Media that's available to any and all. Um, it's kind of like a Christian version of Netflix, uh, but on it there are Bible studies, there's kids programming, there's movies, uh, and there's more for you to check out and engage with with your family. One of my sons, who's a first grader, his, one of his favorite shows now to watch is a show called What's in the Bible with Buck Denver. And it's this animated show that provides a pretty solid overview of the Bible. So if any of you are interested in that, just give me your email address uh, after church. Or maybe better yet, if you would send me an email at office at livinghopegreenriver.org, I will get you an invite to that service. But it's a great way to learn from some uh, really solid biblical teachers that you wouldn't have access to in person. It can be played while you do the dishes or fold laundry, or it can be watched as a family together after dinner or before bed. You and your spouse can watch at different times and then have something to talk about, but it's a great way to strengthen your faith and your family while at home. And then lastly, I want to look at one final opportunity that we as church invest in to see people strengthen, and that is uh, in our families. We believe wholeheartedly that the primary place that the Bible should be taught modeled and transferred is in the family so we want to equip you in that and we do that through our sermon series through consistent application of the scriptures to the family through our small group teaching through resources and through always being available to answer questions or assist in any way we can uh, in second timothy 1 paul reminds timothy that his faith has been passed on to him from his grandmother lois and his mother eunice his foundation of faith began in the home and throughout the scriptures we see that's the ideal model but that being said, we also understand that there are some children and students that don't have the opportunity to hear about Jesus at home. And there are others whose parents just aren't the example or don't have the tools that they need. So it's our desire to always share the gospel in a developmentally appropriate way for children and youth from birth until they transition to adulthood. And so we do this every Sunday morning for uh, babies through third grade as they have the opportunity to learn of Jesus and his love in a developmentally appropriate, loving, and safe environment. 
for those fourth grade and over. They get to join in the worship service. They get to learn from watching you. They get to sing to a God that loves them. They get to hear the hope of the gospel. We believe it's so important for children to learn what it looks like to be a part of a church and to see genuine faith in their parents and other adults in the congregation from a young age. We believe that as soon as a child can read, they can actively participate in all parts of the worship service. And that's why we uh, intentionally keep children's church just for those younger children. And we try to facilitate this the best we can by uh, providing children with their own sermon notes, which are on the back table, uh, and other activities for them to engage throughout the worship service. Our children are also provided a biblically-centered, developmentally appropriate opportunity to engage with the Bible uh, every Wednesday night at Kids Night, which starts this week. Uh, And this is a chance for them to have fun, to engage with the Bible, and to join in the mission of making Jesus known by inviting their friends to join them. Other opportunities throughout the year for children to learn are at VBS, during small group, uh, and through Kids Sleepaway Camp, which is available for children uh, third to sixth grade in the summer. Then we have tried to have a similar philosophy for youth. Youth in our church, grades 6 through 12, have the opportunity to engage with the Bible and fellow students every Wednesday night at Youth Group, which again starts this week. And this is, again, a time to have fun, to learn the Word of God, to apply it to our lives, and to join the mission by inviting friends to join them. Youth are afforded the opportunity to serve and volunteer at a variety of different activities throughout the year, whether it be VBS, community service projects, concessions at the soccer field, uh, serving alongside an adult at the preschool or on the worship team. Because, again, the goal isn't just to fill ourselves with knowledge, but to apply it, serve others, and make Jesus known. So I would encourage you as parents to make teaching your kids or bringing them to church uh, to be a priority in your family. I mean, the reality is at the end of your children's life, the Lord is not going to ask how your child's third grade basketball team did. He's not going to ask how many songs they learned on the piano or what they got on their spelling test. Now, those are not bad things at all. But we cannot neglect making God a priority in our kids' lives and making sure they have opportunities to learn about him from a young age. And then that's going to lead to our final point today. Uh, It's been a lot, but we're getting there. And our final point today is that we are strengthened to be sent. We're strengthened for a purpose, and that purpose is to be sent. Paul writes in verse 16, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As we are strengthened by the Scriptures, it should teach us. The Scriptures should rebuke us when we are wrong. They should correct us, and we should grow in righteousness, but not exclusively for our benefit, but so that we are equipped for the good work that God is calling us to. And we know that ultimately that good work that He is calling us to is to make Him known. The great commission that Jesus leaves us with is to go to the world and make him known. Paul echoes that here. We're not just strengthened for our own benefit, but so that God is glorified in our lives and so that we are prepared, filled, and encouraged to be sent to make Jesus known to a dark and unknowing world. The gathering and strengthening is part of the rhythm of the Christian. It is biblical, it is important, but it is not the end all. Our goal isn't just to create smarter, more theologically sound followers of Jesus. But our goal as a church is to foster theologically sound followers of Jesus that then go and use that knowledge to share Jesus' love and hope with everyone around them. That leads to our final goal, and that is is to then send people back to the community, region, and ultimately the world. The barometer for the success of a strengthening is the going. 
if people are growing intellectually but are not being sent back out and our community isn't being served and people aren't coming to know Jesus, then we are failing. We are strengthened for the purpose of being sent out into the world to share with those who do not know. We can't know if our faith is real or see how strong we actually are in Jesus until we take it and apply it to our lives and share the hope of Jesus with the world. A child never learns to walk if you don't let them out of the safety of the car seat. Yes, the car seat is comfortable and safe, but if they stay there, they will become weak and stunted in their growth. In the same way, it's easy to, to live for Christ at church, but it's another ball game to go out and to live our life in this world and share the hope of Jesus with our lost friends and family. But that's what Paul calls us to do. We are strengthened to be sent. And so as we start to apply and, and look at all of this, there are some of us that need to join a small group and start gaining some knowledge, but there are some of us that just need to put our faith into action and serve and share with those around us. We're going to talk about this a lot more next week as we focus on the sent element of our mission statement and call. But know that God has a purpose and a mission for your life. A purpose and a mission that is so much more than personal growth, religious games, and checking boxes. God desires for you to be strengthened so that you can be sent out to share the good news and so that others might come to faith in him. You are being strengthened with a purpose. You are strengthened with a purpose to be sent to share the hope of Jesus and to join the most important mission ever given of seeing lives go from dead to alive, from hopeless to full of hope in our community and all over the world. God is strengthening you. He is calling you to join his mission of making him known. So again, as we apply, we can be all over the spectrum uh, in our journey with Jesus. Some of us, we, we might not even have a relationship with Jesus. And, and for us today, we're here, and we might, for the first time, recognize that, that we aren't following Jesus, but we are instead maybe following a religious checklist or a set of rules. And so maybe for you, you need to surrender, and you need to put your faith in Jesus for the first time today. You may need to say, Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you are. I believe that you are the Lord of this world. I believe that you came and you died for my sins. And I want to trust you with my life. I want to follow you with my life. I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to trust you with all the areas of my life. The Bible says that if you do that, if you believe that Jesus is who, you, who he says he was, if you confess your sins, if you ask him to be the Lord of your life, he is faithful to forgive you. He is faithful to, to give you the promise of forgiveness and of eternal life. He is faithful to give you the Holy Spirit and begin the transformation of your life as you follow after him. So maybe that's you, and you in your seat today need to trust Jesus, your Lord and Savior. If that's you and you have questions, I would love to answer any questions you have about that or to talk with you further about what it means to follow Jesus with your life. Or maybe you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus, but there are areas of your life where you know what the right thing to do is, but you're choosing not to live in that manner. You're not choosing to trust God in all areas of your life. And, and maybe, maybe God has revealed one of those areas, and you need to trust him and trust his power to transform you in that area. If that's you, would you surrender that area of your life and trust it to him? Ask him for forgiveness if forgiveness is needed, and just ask him to be the Lord even over that area of life you aren't ready or don't want to give up. And then maybe more practically, what, what opportunity is God calling you and your family to join in as you strive to be strengthened in your faith and try, strive to see Jesus transform your life? Maybe it's just reading your Bible more consistently. Maybe it's 
uh, more consistently coming on Sundays. Maybe it's joining a small group. Maybe it's coming to kids night or youth group. What is it that God is calling you and your family to do? And then lastly, are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in your knowledge for personal gain? Or are you allowing God to transform you and to send you out into the world? If that's you, who is God or where is God calling you to go and share and serve this week? I'm going to pray for us. And as I do, uh, the worship team is going to come uh, and lead us in a final song. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that you have given, you, you have given us your words that, that is applicable to our lives. That has the power to transform our lives. That has the answers to the, to the struggles and the temptations and the trials that we face in this life. God, we thank you that, that the darkness of this world is not new, but that you have saved and you have transformed and you have uh, protected and guided and cared for the faithful for thousands of years. May we find our confidence in you alone in this shaky world. God, I pray if there's anyone here that, that might know a lot about you but has never trusted you with your life, Lord, that you would reveal that to them. Lord, and that you would give them the courage to step out in faith and make you the Lord of their lives. To ask you to be the, the Lord, to, to trust their salvation and their eternity to you and to follow after you. God, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you in that way, would you give them the courage to surrender their lives and make you Lord today? But God, for the many here that, that are here that, that know you, Lord, would you reveal those areas in our lives that we are holding on to, that we are, that we are guarding from you, Lord, and that would you give us the courage to, would you give us first the knowledge to recognize those areas, and then would you give us the courage to release them to you and trust you even over those areas that we so desperately want to hold on to, knowing that you can transform them, that you are better than the, the things of the world, that you are sovereign over them, Lord. Would you help us to release those things to you and trust them to you? And God, would you uh, give us the courage to follow you wherever you're uh, calling us to follow you, wherever you're calling us to invest in our faith more so. Where you're calling us to serve, would you give us the, the courage to go and to serve? And then, Lord, would you help us to be a people who aren't just learning about you, Lord, but that we're being transformed by your word, being transformed by your spirit. That we'd be a people that are transformed each Sunday and each time we gather, but we are transformed for the purpose of being sent. Lord, would you help us to know where you're calling us to go? Would you help us to faithfully uh, proclaim your good news to the world around us? God, would you use us as a church and us as individuals to call and to see many lives changed for your glory across our community and across the world? God, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for who you are and who we are in you. It's your name we pray. Amen.